Hey guys, thank you for taking the time to check out the Restoring Nurses podcast. We are back and I am super excited about that. I started this podcast a few months ago and got a few episodes up, had some great episodes, but then for a variety of reasons, including a little myself spending five days in the hospital, I had to set it on the side and until I could get some other things taken care of. Well, now I am back and I am super excited. So welcome to the Restoring Nurses podcast. I would invite you to go check out my website, restoringnurses.com, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what that's it what that is all about. But while you're there, download your Healthy Happy Life Assessment. I'm going to explain what that is during this episode. So let's get into it. My name is Matt, and I'm a nurse on a journey to build a healthy, happy life for myself and my family, and on a mission to bring as many nurses with me as possible. You see, I've been a nurse for 22 years and been in healthcare for almost 30 years. And one thing I've noticed is that While we do an excellent job of caring for everybody else, we often do a really crappy job of taking care of ourselves. I am certainly guilty of that. There are areas in my life where I do a pretty good job, and then there are areas of my life that I've pretty much ignored for most of my adulthood. My mission is to help nurses, to give nurses the tools and the encouragement, and in some cases, even the permission to take care of themselves. You see, many of us feel guilty even for taking care of ourselves. Like the energy we use to take care of ourselves, we feel like it should go to take care of somebody else. But here's the reality. If we don't at some point start taking care of ourselves, then we will eventually run out of the ability to care for anyone else. You see, I like to think of it as a watering can. So I have a brown thumb. I cannot grow grass, okay? But let's say that I had a garden in my backyard, and I got a watering can, and I fill it up, I go out, and I'm watering my plants. And as I go plant to plant, I pour from that watering can onto each plant, giving that plant what they need. Well, eventually, as I go down the line, watering each plant, pouring from the can into the plant, giving the plant what it needs, eventually, that, that bucket, that watering can, runs empty. You see, and this is what we do every day as nurses. We pour from ourselves into the lives of all of the people around us. And eventually, if we're not careful, we'll run empty. You see, with that watering can, at some point I've got to go back to the spigot and refill it. We tend to live our lives as nurses and other healthcare workers as if we're a water hose. You see, if I could take a water hose out to my garden then it has a relative limitless supply of water. I could water my garden until I gave it so much water that the plants died and the water hose would not run out. But we are not water hoses. We're much more like the watering can. Every time we pour out of ourselves and into someone else, our supply becomes a little less. And the longer we do that, the more we do that, the harder it's going to become for us to continue to take care of everybody else. That is why I'm so passionate first about building that healthy life for myself and my family because I realize that I've been doing that. But also, that's why I just freaking love nurses and other healthcare workers. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping nurses refill their buckets. 
That's where Restoring Nurses comes from. That's the name of this podcast, but it's much more than that. You see, it's also the venue, the avenue through which I want to empower, encourage, and educate nurses on how to build a healthy, happy life. I want to help you build a healthy, happy life for yourself and your family. And that's what Restoring Nurses is all about. Again, you can check out my website, restoringnurses.com, to learn more. But now, I want to talk about how we actually do that. You see, I, th- I believe that there are six pillars that work together to build a healthy, happy life. Before you can build anything, you have to have a foundation. And the foundation of the healthy, happy life is what I call boundaries. Now, within that boundaries is you got to know who you are. You got to know what matters. You've got to know how to set boundaries. You've got to be willing to set boundaries. And then you have to actually set and then enforce those boundaries. Nothing else, no other aspect of the healthy, happy life can happen until you're able to set and to know what your boundaries should be, set them, and then enforce them. I'll talk more about that in the future, but that is the foundation. Think about, uh, as we think about the Healthy Happy Life blueprint, think about a building with columns. So think about the the uh, Lincoln Memorial or the Parthenon, if you're into Greek uh, architecture or Greek mythology like I am, then you have this building with a foundation and then six pillars on top of that foundation. On top of the those pillars is the roof. That roof is the healthy, happy life. But if those six pillars are not firm, if they're not built up, then the roof, the healthy, happy life, cannot stand. And if you don't have your foundation, boundaries, then you can't build those pillars. So we've talked about the foundation. That's boundaries. Now let's start to, to put up these six pillars. Okay. We've got the foundation, which is boundaries. We've got the roof, the top, which is the goal, the healthy, happy life. But we've got these six pillars in between that work together to build that healthy, happy life and then to hold it up, to maintain it. So six pillars, and I'll talk a little bit more about each one of them uh, in a second, but I just want to name them first. Work health, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, relational health, and financial health. Those six pillars work together, as I've said, to build the healthy, happy life. So again, foundation is boundaries. The first pillar is work health. Now, what does work health mean? Well, it means a variety of things. For one, it means working in an environment that is healthy. So many of us choose to stay in environments that are horrendous. You know, we've bought into this lie that... Quitting is not an option. Quitting is always an option. You are too valuable to continually put up with terrible treatment. If the people you work for are not willing to value you and treat you with the respect, dignity, encouragement, empowerment, with all of the things that you deserve, then go someplace else. You you should never put up with being abused or mistreated for whatever reason. Okay, especially as a nurse, especially these days, you can have a job in short order if you leave these, this abusive workplace. And well, but Matt, 
How do I know the other place is going to be better? Here's the deal. You don't know that. But what you do know is that the place you're at sucks. So to me, it's worth the risk that the other place might be just as bad. And here's the deal. You, may, you might go to the other place and find that it's actually worse. And you know what? You can leave there too. I've seen a lot of nurses that stay at a certain employer or a certain specialty for years and years, long after it has made them completely miserable. And that's just ridiculous. You deserve better than that. So work health is about a work environment that is healthy. Now, I'm not saying that you don't work hard at your job. You can work hard and still have a healthy work environment. It's also about not working more than you need to. We work a lot of overtime. We build, many of us have built, and, and I was guilty of this in the past, and my wife and I have cut our lifestyle down, but we've built lifestyles that often require that we work a bunch of overtime. You know how much overtime I work now? Exactly zero. <laughs> now, transparency, I am about to get a PRN job. I'm, I'm uh, actually applying at a couple of places or interviewing at a couple of places for a PRN position partly because I want to maintain my clinical skills, but also I've got some debt I want to pay off, and that obviously is going to help. But here's the deal. I'm going to choose the amount of that I want to work. I'm going to choose when I work it, and I have a very specific reason for doing it. It also has an end, whereas many of us, I'm not going to work an extra day every single week just so that I can drive a Mercedes. I'm totally happy driving my 11-year-old, almost 12-year-old, paid-for Chevy Silverado. It's a great truck. I freaking love that truck. But it's paid for, so I don't have to work extra just to keep my tr- that truck. I'm not willing to do that for a car, okay? Uh, so that's work health. The second one is physical health. That one is obvious, So many of us in healthcare, it's ironic even how terribly we take care of our bodies. The job is hard enough on our bodies, the long hours, the physical demands of the job, but then we eat terribly, we don't drink enough water, we don't get enough sleep, we tend, many of us get no exercise outside of our work, we we just, we take terrible care of our bodies. And the reality is in America, the uh, majority of people are overweight or, or obese. And while we would hope that that would be better in healthcare, it's not. The I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, so uh, show me some grace there. But I'd be willing to bet that the numbers, the cases of uh, obesity and overweight in the in healthcare is at least similar to that in among the general public. We've got to take better care of our physical health. And I get it. That's hard with on the days we work. But here's the deal. It, with some planning, it can be done even on the days you work. And if you work three 12-hour shifts, that still leaves four days that you're off. What is your excuse for not eating well on those days? So foundation is boundaries, work health, physical health, mental health. It is no secret that mental health is a a huge issue for many people in our society, but definitely in healthcare. I recently saw a study that said that a healthcare worker is 40% more likely to commit suicide than people in other jobs, than, than people among the general population. Also, rates of suicide and PTSD in healthcare workers is similar to that 
of combat veterans. And this particular study was before COVID. So how much worse is it now? That is just shocking. But the reality is that we, we don't take care of our mental health almost at all. There's, there's, there's kind of this uh, tough guy thing, which I get is kind of ironic. Uh, we'll, we'll say tough girl thing, where we believe that's a sign of weakness if I see a counselor, if I cry after a difficult circumstance, um, you know, the things that we do are often tragic at work. We see and do things that most people would just crumble under the weight of what we see and do, and we do it every single day, and yet never, sir, seldom do we ever take the time to process this. The reality is that sometimes in the moment of when we're taking care of these patients or, you know, we let's say that I'm in the ER where I spent most of my career, if I have a really tragic death or some other really tragic circumstance, chances are I've got two or three or four other patients that I've got to take care of. So I, I may not have the opportunity then to step away from it for five, ten minutes and cry if I need to, or just to catch my breath. I may have to move on to the next emergency. That happens sometimes. But what happens at the end of my shift and how I deal with it or don't deal with it is 100% up to me. And that, I believe, is where our mental health falls apart a lot of times. I created a, a resource called the five-minute debrief that's designed to help with that at the end of your shift. It asks three questions. You can download it on my website. I'll put a link in the the uh, show notes, but you can download it from my website. And it basically, it asks three questions that will help you to leave work at work. And here's the deal. I believe that almost everybody in our society needs a counselor. And I would say that's probably even more true for those of us in healthcare. A few years ago, I, I realized that I was just angry all the time. All the time I was angry. And my poor family, they just took the brunt of it. Uh, so often I would just blow up at them over stupid stuff. And I didn't want to be angry like that anymore. So you know what I did? I saw a counselor. I saw her every Monday for, for a couple of months. And then it became every other Monday and then once a month and eventually got to a spot where I didn't need to see her anymore. And I'm not saying I'll never go back, but I'm pretty good right now. So we've got to take care of our mental health. We've just got to do a better job. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Nobody else can do it for you. So boundaries, work health, physical health, mental health, spiritual health. Now, full disclosure, I am a Christian and a pastor. So for me, spiritual health means a certain thing that go along with my religious beliefs and habits. However, if you're not a Christian and maybe claimed no religion at all, consider yourself to be non-religious. When surveyed, the vast majority of Americans still considered themselves to be spiritual. So even if you have no religious connections at all, you still are spiritual and your spiritual health matters. For me, that means regularly going to church. To, for me, it means prayer and reading my Bible. For you, it may mean other things. And you know what? That's cool. It's not, I'm not here to tell you how to build your spiritual health, 
but I am here to say that you have to do it. I will offer some some insights, I hope, that will help regardless of your religious affiliation or lack thereof. And certainly if you're a Christian, then some of the things that I'm going to offer apply directly to you. So boundaries, work health, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, relational health. How's your marriage? How's your relationship with your kids? When was the last time you went on a date with your spouse or partner? When was the last time that you played ball or some other game with your kids? When was the last time you went on a date with your kids? I love father-daughter dates. I love going for coffee with my son or he comes over to the house and we'll play video games. It's, you know, yes, I'm 47 year old, years old and I play video games with my son. You know why? Because he loves that game. I actually happen to enjoy it too. I love him, love spending time with him. When, when every Sunday my son and his wife will come over for dinner, Sunday dinner, every Sunday, and we sit at the table we eat together, and we play games. Most of the time, we play a dice game called Farkle. If you've never played that before, it's a lot of fun. Go check it out. I'll, I'll put a link in the show description, in the show notes, for uh, a Farkle set on Amazon. But it's a lot of fun. But the point isn't even the game. The point is that we're together. Our phones are down. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little ugly with that. Your phones have to be down. We're not going to be on our phones because we're playing a game together. That helps to maintain and build our relational health among the five members of my family. Relational health is also about friends. It can be about even coworkers, and coworkers and friends are often not the same thing. So what are you doing for your relational health? So boundaries, work health, mental health, spiritual health, um, work health, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, relational health, and last but not least, financial health. The reality is that most Americans in any field have tons of debt. For me, my wife and I, when we were in our early 30s, we both had good jobs and were making good money. We made good money and spent even more than we made. The result was that we ended up with tons of debt. And a few years ago, I was 45 years old and I realized I'm going to be 50 soon. I don't want to be 50 and be continue to be buried in debt. So we started working hard to get that paid off. And we've paid off a ton. A t- you'd be shocked at the numbers. I don't have them here in front of me, so I won't share them, but you'd be shocked. But we still have more. The reality is that financial health matters as much as, the, as these others. If you're buried in debt, don't you think that's going to affect your work health? You see, you'll have less ability to leave that toxic job if you need to stay there because of the money that you make. Earlier this year, there were some circumstances at my work that just didn't sit well with me, and I chose to leave. I took a job where I'm at now teaching nursing and took a significant pay cut. I mean, like $20,000 pay cut a year, but you know what? I could do that because of the debt that we had paid off. I had built enough financial margin that it gave me flexibility and freedom to make a job choice that, that worked better for myself and my family, my mental and physical health, my, and certainly gave me more work health. But that only happens if we take the, do the hard work, take the time to build more financial 
health. And like I said, we're still on that journey. Financial health, the number one cause of divorce is money troubles. So obviously, financial health affects your relational health. It affects your mental health. It can even affect your physical health because stress is hard on our bodies. So recap the Healthy Happy Life blueprint. I'll put, I'm going to put a graphic in the show notes that shows this blueprint. So check it out, restoringnurses.com slash podcast, and you'll see this episode. Let's just talk through it again real quick. The foundation is boundaries. You have to be able to set boundaries, and there's several parts to that. I've actually got a course that I'm working on right now that's going to teach you how to set boundaries. It's going to help you to reconnect with who you are, to identify what matters most to you, and and then to give you some tools to set boundaries and help you to enforce those boundaries. So your foundation is boundaries. Then we've got work health, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, relational health, and financial health. That is the healthy, happy life blueprint. That is what I'm hoping to help you guys do. That's what Restoring Nurses is all about. Again, check out the website, restoringnurses.com. In addition to the podcast, I do have a blog on there, and we'll be putting up blog posts on there with helpful tips. So thank you again for joining us for the Restoring Nurses podcast. I'm super excited to be back. I just wanted to take this episode to tell you who I am, to welcome you back to the podcast if you've listened to the previous episodes, to tell you more about Restoring Nurses, to introduce you to the Healthy Happy Life blueprint. And now I want to tell you what you can expect. Every Thursday, I'll be out with a new episode, Restoring Nurses podcast, to give you tips and tricks from me, as well as interviews with experts in the different pillars of the Healthy Happy Life blueprint. In fact, I've got scheduled for next week, the next two weeks, it's a two-part episode where I interviewed my personal counselor and we talked about mental health. We had such a great conversation about mental health where we included some practical things that you can do right now to begin to build your mental health, to help you deal with the stresses of your job, to help you deal with those um, those tragic circumstances that we so often see in this line of work. Check it out next week. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss it. Now, if you want to get started on that Healthy Happy Life blueprint, go to go to my website, restoringnurses.com slash assessment. You can download the Healthy Happy Life assessment. This is going to take you through the foundation and the six pillars and see where you're at now. See what are your biggest, which of these six pillars represents your biggest current need. And from there... I would love to work with you to help you establish a plan to begin to address that need. So thanks again for joining us, and I will see you guys next week.